Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to turn to Numbers chapter 9. Numbers chapter 9. And I want us to start in verse number 15. I'm reading from the NIV. I don't know if they have it in the back, but I have to read from NIV because uh, it's called the New Intelligent Version. No, I'm kidding. It's, it reads as follows. On the day the tabernacle, the tent of testimony was set up. The cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night, it looked like a fire. In other words, it still was a cloud, but it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and it is at his command, they encamped. As long as the clouds stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only for a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the clouds stayed over from evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, they followed the cloud. The Israelites would remain in camp and not set out, but when it lifted, they would set out. Are you getting that he's repeating himself? Because this is vital for the people of God to understand. At the Lord's command, they encamped. At the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. This was a pivotal time in the nation of Israel. They were coming out of Egypt and headed towards their promise. They had been enslaved and overcome by an evil pharaoh that enslaved them to make bricks. And then when they started multiplying, he was even more threatened by them and they took their straw away from making the bricks, which made it even harder. And yet they kept multiplying. God raised up a man in Moses, and you know this story because we're going to be talking this morning about Moses and Joshua. Moses and Joshua. And so here we see the fulfillment of them coming out in the same verse is actually in Exodus chapter 40 and verse 36. It says, in all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day. The fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the house of Israel during all their travels. So now a nation of Israel, 630,000, 
were making their way through the desert to the promise. How I many know sometimes God doesn't just drop you in the promise, but moves you towards the promise to prepare you for the promise? In fact, sometimes God cannot remove us from where we are and put us in the promise because where we are has taught us too much. And if we're not careful, we take what we've been living in to what God wants to do. Therefore, God cannot do it, so he has to remove it from us. So there's a journey, there's some traveling and that, that you cannot take the mindset of Egypt into a promised land. Because when you take the mindset of Egypt, you act like slaves and you are not because you're God's people. And so now this nation is moving and it just wasn't an easy thing. In fact, I have just a couple of pictures because in all of their travel, the tabernacle, say the tabernacle, which represents a place of sacrifice, a place of giving and a place where the presence of God lived in the, is there, can you go to the slide before that if you have that? No, no, before that, not after it, before it, yeah. Well, I don't know. There's, there's one that, that's what we're going to talk about this morning, amen? Come on, say move with the cloud. Here's the nation of Israel, and this is one person's interpretation because in the center was a tabernacle, and you see the cloud, and the Levites and Aaron the priests were around the tabernacle. So they were in the center in, in one, two, three, and four. They're, they're in the center because they operate because, because when the tabernacle was set up, they had to set it up according to the instructions of God. They couldn't just throw it together. That's why when you come to the sanctuary of God, it's set up. Amen. We don't just throw it together. The chairs aren't all over the place. There's an order to, to God and his presence comes in the order. Amen. So there was a setup and then around them were the 12 tribes of Israel. And you can see, and this is one man's interpretation of how it was set up. Amen. And doesn't that prophesy the potential of, of the cross coming one day? And so at God's command, they would encamp and this is how they they encamped. This is how they set up camp in the day. And so they were there until the cloud moved, but the leaders had to determine if the cloud was moving. And so we, they never knew when the cloud was moving. And so there always had to be leadership viewing the cloud because the moment it moved, it was time to pull up stakes, pack up and move with the cloud. And so they were set up like this, and at night, then you can go to the next one. At night, you can see that, that they were set up, but there was a cloud, but there was fire in the cloud. And so that's how they set up, and there was a tent uh, in the center that was the tabernacle, and you understand that, that whole process. But this is what the camp looked like for 630,000 people that were traveling together. How many know there has to be some order? And so our scripture tells us that there were moments when they would stay for a year in their camp. And then sometimes they would stay a month. And then sometimes they would stay a week. And there were moments when they, they only stayed for a day. 
Could you imagine getting all this set up at night and then in the morning the cloud is moving? Well, that didn't have to happen very often and all of a sudden they said, we may need to get a committee and appoint some people to talk to God because there has to be a system to this. I mean, we could do three months encamped and three months moving and three months encamped and it would work better if we had a system. But you see, their system was Egypt and God said, if you don't learn how to hear my voice again as the people, you will never know how to follow the things that I share before you. And so he shifted and they had to keep their eyes on God which was dwelling in the midst of the tabernacle out of the Holy of Holies. And so there God was saying, learn to hear my voice. You cannot put me into a pattern. You can't put me into a system. I don't work according to your schedule. When I decide to move, I'm going to move. And I will not ask you about it. And I will not let you vote on it. And you can't tell me because I'm God and I know what I'm doing. And I will lead you according to what I'm about to do on the earth. And you've got to be in motion with me. With me. And so our text tells us now that this people are starting to move. Moses was their leader. Moses, and you know his story, was called of God to, to set things in order, but to lay the foundation to the people of God for the purpose of God. And so God used Moses to lay the foundation and there he had to get the people free. He had to go before Pharaoh. And he wasn't even a good communicator. And God had to help him out with Aaron. And you know the story. And, but they had to go to Pharaoh. And God said, I'm going to harden his heart. Isn't that strange that God would harden the heart? I mean, if I'm going to go speak to Pharaoh, just soften his heart. We can make this thing happen. But God works according to his order, and he was trying to teach the people, I'm going to do unbelievable things, and i got to teach the Egypt, how, Egyptians how to leave you alone so you can get where you're going, and, and they're going to fight you about it, and they're going to fight the word of the Lord about it, but you're going to see God prevailing. I'm trying to help you this morning because God is prevailing, which means he's not asking for a vote. God's unfolding something in the earth today that, that is far beyond our ability to organize it. God is moving. And so I'm going to use as a subject this morning, move with the cloud. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, move with the cloud. Come on, look back at him and talk to him like you know what you're talking about. Say, move with the cloud. Because the challenge is, if somebody decides not to move with the cloud, you're left in the desert. You can still have your tent. You're going to have to find some water. But you can stay there if you want, or you can move with the cloud. It's your decision. It's up to you. The church cannot take such roots in God, in traditions of men that we refuse to move when God is moving. In other words, back in our day, we had a move of God. 
but today, so you wanted to go back. So the Lord said, if you want to go back to Egypt, go right ahead. But I'm about to take you farther than you've ever been before. I'm about to take you into places that you've never seen before. I'm about to do things that you've never seen done before. And you cannot define them. All you can do is acknowledge them. Because I'm God and I'm God all by myself. And they call that sovereign. Hallelujah. So the children of Israel are now in this place of hearing God. Hearing God. In other words, it appears that leadership is watching and the children of Israel have to follow leadership. And somebody said, yeah, that's easy for you to say. And I said, no, that's not easy to do. Because we have to stay focused on God at all times. Even in the midst of problems and crisis and things that are going on, we have to keep our eyes on God at all times because there's a responsibility to acknowledge God's moving and then for the people to move with us. So I have an announcement this morning. It's no longer time to encamp in this hour. It's time to move because the cloud is moving. I said the cloud is moving. We've been in between seasons. I understand that. And we have seen this in-between stage and it's been just slightly frustrating. Could it have been for the children of Israel as they're walking through the desert be slightly frustrating? Even though they were grateful perhaps not to be slaves any longer, but they were still under the situation of not being in the promise. And so the church has been in between seasons, which don't misunderstand me, the church is still the church. And the church ain't going anywhere. Excuse my English, amen. But God is in control of his church. But we've been in between seasons. We're, we're no longer in the summer, but we're not in the winter. But we're in between. And, and we have to check on the weatherman to tell us what the weather's going to be like right now. Because it could be 80, but then again, it could be 60. And according to the weather, we have to learn how to change in the midst of transition because we're here and there at the same time and right. fluctuating. Right. And so God's taking us in between seasons, but he's taking us somewhere. We have been on the threshold for years now of the next. But I came this morning to tell you the next is coming into place. The cloud is moving. Move with the cloud. Come on, look back at your neighbor and say, the cloud is moving. Move with the cloud. So let me give you a few things that the cloud represents very quickly. Number one, the cloud represents God's covering for protection. God's covering for protection. It was a cloud by day because it shaded the community of Israel. It shaded them from the heat which was in the desert. God knows how to protect his people in the midst of change and shifting. He knows what he's doing if you trust him. And then at night, even in the desert, it cools off significantly. I mean, as much as 30 and 40 degrees. And so at night, it was fire. In other words, I'll keep you shaded in the day and I'll keep you warm at night. That's what the presence of God does. 
And so whether it was day or night, there was protection over the people of God. Secondly, God's direct, was, the cloud was God's direction for the future. God's direction for the future. You have to understand that God's always moving us into our future. God always moves us into our future. That things in the world are changing all the time. Technology is changing all the time. But God is moving us into our future. That, that there's a time to settle, but in, not in this hour. It's a time to move into the future. There's something exciting about the future because God's in it. If we just look at the future as change, then change is intimidating. Because we don't like change for the sake of change. But if God's in it, then we're for it. Amen? We're for it. And we don't have to vote on it. Amen? And if you vote on it and God still moves, then you stay in your desert. I don't know about you, but if, we, if God's headed towards new and exciting promises, I'm with them. Amen? I'm, I'm with this thing, even though it's different from what I knew before. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. So God's direction for the future. And thirdly, God's authorization on leadership. The cloud represents God's authorization on leadership. In other words, leadership has a responsibility. If they miss the movement, it could kill the whole thing. If they miss what God's doing and what God is saying, it can kill the whole thing. The whole nation of Israel could have been wiped out by, by one leader sleeping during his time of watch. So you think leadership is exciting, but leadership is responsibility. It is a huge responsibility. We all get to participate in it, but God is giving authority to leaders. When Aaron, Aaron and Miriam decided that they weren't sure if it wasn't their time to shine. God had to come and, and help them understand that God was with Moses. Amen. God is with Moses. And they were criticizing and critiquing and wondering why they weren't the ones who would ever. And God had to deal with them. And, and they were upset about the marriage that had taken place with Moses and and they, they showed that they were very angry with his choice. Can I, can I be real? Amen. They, they didn't like his wife. Can I get even more direct? She was black. Moses wasn't. What are you doing? You're messing things up. And God said, look, leave it alone. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. So leave it alone. We cannot be the judge when he is the judge. 
Don't judge leadership as it moves all the time. Move with the cloud because they, all they're seeing is the clouds moving. They can't, they can't describe everything. They can't tell you exactly what and how it's going to happen. They just see the cloud moving and God's in the middle of the cloud. And so if you want to stay, stay. But I got to move with the cloud and all the people that are going to move with God got to move with me. And we're going to get there together. We're going to get there together. We're going to get there together. So now things begin to take place. Things begin to happen. God begins to shift. God begins to change. And so I want to tell you four things very quickly that happen when the cloud moves. Four things. Number one, when the cloud moves, there's impartation. There's impartation. In Numbers 11, it says, Then the Lord came down, in verse 25, in a cloud and spoke with him. And he took the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested on them, they all prophesied. When the cloud moves, there's going to be impartation. God came in this instance in a cloud. And when he came, the spirit that was on Moses was, came on the elders and they began to prophesy and they were not prophets. There was an impartation that took place. When you move with the cloud, there's an impartation. I don't know about you, but when I get around great men of God, amen, I get mine. I don't know about you. You can sit there and evaluate and try to think through and try to say, well, I, you know, if I agree with that and boy, that's an ear, weird insight on the scripture and I don't, and you can, you can play those mental games if you want, but while you're doing all that, I'm getting mine. You may sit during the altar call, but I'm going to get mine. And, and sometimes there's so much presence of God that wherever you are is an altar. But you can sit in at your altar and you can stand and ready yourself to receive. It's called impartation, which means you didn't pay for it and you didn't earn it, but you can be a recipient of it. Amen. So when I get around Bishop Garlington, when I get around Bishop Tudor Bismarck, amen, I'm going to get mine. And when Bishop Bismarck prophesied 10 days, I got mine. I called my wife that night and I said, get ready, 10 days. She said, 10 days what? I said, don't worry about it, just mark it down. 10 days, 10 days, things are gonna shift, things are gonna change, things are gonna happen. I got my impartation. I hope you got it. I hope you got it. As the children of Israel were making themselves through the desert, they were receiving impartation. They were learning the presence of God. They were learning the movement of God. They were learning how to hear God's voice even through their leader, Moses, at the time. Secondly, there's an interruption of routine when the cloud is moving. There's an interruption of routine. In other words, things are about to change. There's an interruption. The Bible says in 1 Kings 8, 11, that the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple. When the cloud really comes, it interrupts your routine of things that you normally do. 
We normally transition and have announcements, but we can't get out of the presence right then. He, he interrupts it when, when uh, things are going to begin to happen so sovereignly that there's going to be groups of people out in the parking lot because the presence of God is so in the parking lot that people are gathering and things begin to happen and all of a sudden somebody, somebody gets their healing in the parking lot before we get to the altar call because he's going to interrupt routine. He's not going to fit in our patterns anymore. So when the cloud comes, it interrupts routine. It interrupts routine. It interrupts routine. Thirdly, when the cloud moves, there's a seasonal modification. A seasonal modification. The Bible says in 1 Kings 18, verse 44... The seventh time the servant reported, the cloud, there's a cloud. It doesn't look like a cloud because it's the size of a man's hand. So it doesn't look like the normal cloud, but there's something about to shift and change. You remember Elijah prophesied that there would be a drought. And there was a drought and everybody was mad at him for prophesying him. But in that moment, because God just did a miracle at Mount Carmel, you know the story. Amen. And, and so he tells, he said, you better hitch up your chariot and, and start running because the rain is coming. The rain is coming. He prophesied drought. Now he's prophesying rain. But he said, you're about to be amazed at thing that is about to change. There's a rain coming like you have never seen before. And you're going to get stuck if you don't start running. Amen. You better stay ahead of it. There's a seasonal modification that's coming. And, and I, I, I'm telling you, Elijah had to send a servant out. And he went out and didn't see anything and came back. And you know the story. I mean, he went out several times and finally said, go out again the seventh time. And he went out the seventh time. I imagine he said, by now he's thinking the old man's getting a little senile. He's missing it. I've come out here six times. I haven't seen anything. I go back and tell him and he sends me back out. He comes out the seventh time. He says, okay, there's... (laughs) That doesn't look like a cloud because it's so small, but at least I can tell him something's happening. And he runs back and, and tells, tells the prophet, I saw a cloud in the mind's head about the size of a man's hand. He said, run, it. run, That's it's it. coming. coming. I'm telling get ready to run in the Holy Ghost. It's coming. It's coming. The reign of God is coming. The presence of God is coming in unusual matters and unusual ways. God's coming. God's coming. We were, I was sitting in my conference before I came, our church's conference, and, and somebody pointed out, he says, he said, he said, you see those 12, it's either 12, 15, see those, so those young men, and nobody was over 35. And I said, yeah, I saw them sitting there, I don't know who they are. He said, they represent about 70,000 people in their churches. Yeah. Those 12 young men, because nobody was over 35, he said, they represent over 70,000 people in their churches. He said, God's doing an unusual thing in the earth. An unusual thing. It's not, it's not same old, same old. You know, who was it? Doors Day, if you're over 50, you probably know who that is. Amen. He used to sing, K-Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. 
Amen. How many know that ain't the scripture? Amen. God is God and I'll be God. Amen. Somebody ought to write that, that song according to that. I'm God and I'll be God. Amen. I'm going to do stuff that you ain't prepared for. I'm about to, about to move in, in ways that you, you can't even think about right now. I'm about to do some unusual things and I might just do it through people who ain't been saved that long. I might choose some young people who are just crazy enough to believe me. But even if he does, it doesn't mean he leaves us out. I said, I can't run as fast as I used to run, but I still run. Amen. If I see God moving, look out. I'm going with him. Amen. I know what he did in the past. I can tell you what he did at Azusa Street. I can tell you all the miracles and all the revivals, and we can talk about it. But if God's moving, amen, you all rehearse the stories. I'm moving with God. I'm moving with God. And then fourthly, there's an intervention of presence. An intervention of presence. In Isaiah 19, verse 1, the oracle of God concerning Egypt. See, the Lord rides on a swift cloud and is coming to Egypt. Listen to this. The idols of Egypt tremble before him. And the hearts of the Egyptians melt within them. There is intervention that's coming. That's so sovereign that when God shows up, he's just going to do it. He's going to do it until once again the earth is petrified of the presence of God that they don't know, that they have no respect for. God's going to run ahead of us. God's going to do things that are so sovereign, it's going to blow people's mind, and they don't even know what sovereign is. Can I help you this morning? Sovereign means I'm God. I'm God all by myself. I don't need your vote to be God. And I can do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it, through whom I want to do it, even without your permission. There's going to be an intervention of God's presence. Of God's presence. There have been many false prophets. There have been many people assigned by demons and devils that have caused us, right, Pastor, to have blood on our hands that was unnecessary. But he said, in this next move, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to come. I'm going to intervene in the process, and I'll make it happen. Moses, when he was getting ready to leave and God was speaking to him, he said, God, I'll go, but I will not go without you. I'll do this, but I won't do it without you. I'll take on the responsibility, but if you're not with me, I'm not going. And then there came a moment when Moses said, I may not have a chance to go fully into the next, and so, God, you're going to have to choose somebody. God, what do I do? What will I do? And God wasn't saying, well, pray about it and... Make the best decision you can. No, this is what God said. Take thee, Joshua. I've already prepared him. My spirit is already ruling in him. Take thee, Joshua, for my hand is upon him. 
And you'll go from lawgiver and way maker and, and sustaining strength and organization and structure into conquering. Moses laid the foundation for Joshua. No Moses, no Joshua. No Joshua, no next. No options. No options. God said, take the Joshua. You brought the children of Israel to this point, Moses. Now Joshua will take them in. Without you, Moses, they couldn't have got rid of, rid of that Egypt mentality, the things that bound their lives and their past. You brought healing to them and deliverance to their souls and, and devotion back in their, in their hearts. And you changed their life to become a nation. Now Joshua will take them in to conquer the promised land. Well, God, if you promised it, just give it to us. No, because I know man because I created him. And if I gave it to you, you wouldn't appreciate it. And you just might forgive me. So it's yours. And there are people who are occupying it. But you got to fight for it. You got to fight for it. And Joshua was that young man who said, we can do this. Ten out of twelve spies. Moses represented the tribe of Ephraim. Ten out of the tri 12 tribes came back with a bad report. Only two, Joshua and Caleb, came yes. back with a good report. Yes. That's, it all takes us two because there's agreement. It's agreement. The ten didn't lie. They said they're giants in the land. But they had the wrong outcome. They can devour us. Joshua and Caleb said, they are giants in the land, and they are big, and they are strong, but not stronger than our God. We will be victorious. We will be victorious. So the nation of Israel had to be led by the cloud, because the cloud will take us where we've not been before. The cloud will reveal what we have not seen before. And the cloud will proclaim what we have not heard before. We are on the precipice of not only a moment, but a moment produces movement. A moment produces movement. And a movement produces momentum. So God always gives us a moment in time. And that moment is to acknowledge that God is about to move. In fact, he is just starting now to move in untold measures. And we thought we had it all figured out and organized and structured. And we knew exactly what God was going to do. And God said, you have no idea. You have no idea. I think God loves to surprise us. Yes. Oh, you, you think you got it figured out? Let me show you something you've never seen before. That's what Pastor Martin did uh, on, on Friday. Was it Friday morning? 
on Friday morning? He took a scripture that we all thought we had figured out. And blew our minds. When revelation is coming that fast, I was trying to take notes. Because how many know, once I get notes, then God's speaking to me from those notes. And once God speaks to me, I can tell the people I've heard from God and preach it. Well, there are copyrights, absolutely. I have the right to copy. (laughs) Get ready. I came to tell you this morning, the cloud is moving. If you believe that, lift your hands up to God. Give God some praise in this building. Come on, give God some praise in this morning. Come on, God. Come on, God. Come on, we're ready for the move. We're ready for the move, oh God. We're ready for everything you're about to do. Have your way. Lord, we're ready to be messed up. We're ready to be challenged. We're ready to go where we've never gone before. I wish I had some people in here that would give God some praise for what he's about to do. God's about to move. Move, move, move with the cloud. Move with the cloud. Move with the cloud. 